I gotta say, one of my favorite parts of training on Zwift is the community. Whether it's riding with new people you meet on the platform or riding with old teammates, the people that Zwift connects you with push you harder than you could ever push yourself, let alone when it's just you on the trainer, in your garage, or your pain cave somewhere. My next favorite part is the training. Training is a huge part of Zwift. There are literally hundreds of customizable training plans you can choose from. And every workout is an immersive experience that can take you from Zwift's world-class climbs to the streets of London, New York, and even to a new Japanese-inspired world. Those are just a few of the nine unique worlds you can explore. Many times, I find myself just riding around, checking out the sights and seeing new little Easter eggs they've hidden in the game. When I'm riding on one of the UCI championship courses or in the jungle on the gravel roads or inside a volcano, I'm just taking it all in. Time seems to fly by, but I still manage to get a great workout in every time. If you want to compete in races that put your training to the test and see if you're headed in the right direction, you can. There's a new event starting every five minutes, including massive group rides, races for every category, and time trials. Right now, you can join the Fun is Fast event series with training rides, races, and thousands of other riders from around the world to chase. It's really never been easier to find your fun training indoors. I love it. All you need to get started is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Zwift, where fun is fast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Bobby and Jens. My name is Bobby Julik and on the other side of the Atlantic, Jens Vogt. Jens, what's new at the zoo? Still at a family holiday, we went to one of these uh, climbing parks with the kids. They were brave climbing through the trees like little monkeys and I was just hanging on to my cup of coffee and cheering them on. So I had a very relaxed and nice day. That's great, man. I tell you, um, Tour de France is in the books. Olympics is in the books. We've had San Sebastian. You know, soon we're going to have the Tour of Spain starting. I tell you, it's such a different mentality post-Tour de France, right? Like the Tour de France is like the pressure cooker. It's the biggest race of the year. But there's so many more races to go and so much more excitement to be seen. So, man, really looking forward to, um, to seeing... Seeing the Vuelta coming up soon. It's going to be a great race. Today, our guest is the one and only Sepp Kuss, a Colorado boy, busted onto the scene, has already won a stage in two out of the three Grand Tours. So sit back and relax and listen to our interview that we had with Mr. Young, Sepp Kuss. So today we have a very special guest, one of the biggest up-and-coming professional cyclists, Mr. Sepp Kuss. Sepp, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing well. 
Uh, Bobby, thanks for having me. Man, I tell you, um, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I know um, through experience, past experience, that getting done with the tour and then taking a little break is always kind of uh, tough to like jump back into you know, doing podcasts and interviews and, and training again. So yeah, let's, let's, uh, tell us since the tour de France, what, what you've been up to, uh, since the tour, let's see. Um, my girlfriend came to, came to Paris. So that was, uh, right, right after I crossed the line, it was almost, uh, felt like vacation, uh, you know, spent the, spent the evening in Paris, uh, had a little dinner with the team, and then the next day went back to um, her family's place in, in Barcelona and uh, hung out there for a few days, got some beach beach time in, realized how pale my uh, my stomach is and all, all the parts of my body that, that don't see any sun for, <laughs> for most of the year. So uh, so that was nice. But after a few days, uh, it was good to get back up to the mountains and um kind of start training again, get ready for the, for the Vuelta. So it's nice to take the the time off, but then I think, you know, if, if you still have that, that motivation, then, then you're already thinking about what, what's coming next and, and getting excited for the, the next race and, and using the, you know, the tour, it was, it was a good tour for us and, and using that as, as motivation. So is your girlfriend Spanish or American? Yeah, yeah, she's she's Catalan, so she's she's from from Spain. Yep. Nice, nice. So she's my my key to <laughs> to uh, anything anything complicated like today. We had to um, uh, do the 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 car emissions check and everything, and uh, <laughs> I, I'd be lost without her. That's for sure. But <laughs> so, Sep, how many days did you give yourself completely off the bike? Um, not, not so many days completely off. Cause I've noticed after other grand tours, if I really just go straight into rest mode that I feel not, not so good. Um, so I, I would do kind of one easy day, one day completely off one easy day. Um, just enjoying the riding. And I guess you have to follow a strict regime with your diet during the tour. After yeah. the tour, what's your guilty pleasure? Burgers or what's what's the thing you go? <laughs> I'm gonna have it now. The tour is done. What's what's your guilty pleasure there when it comes oh, to food? I I think um, just like a a good piece of meat, um, beer, chips. Um, let's see, yeah, home home cooked meal, whatever that is. It's I mean the our our chefs they they make great food but it's it's also very uh um functional eating you know like carbs 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 and sometimes it's nice to just have something really really tasty and and fatty so I'm not too picky I I like all food so <laughs> so so Seth I mean um I stalk you a little bit on Instagram and you already mentioned it that you like a steak you seem to really like meat because i i've seen you like some of your some of your instagram and it's always like meat on a barbecue and um i'm just really happy to see somebody you know eating proteins and stuff like that i mean we are accustomed so many guys just carbs 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 like you said but um are you on like some special diet because honestly like 
I was starting to think that you were like on a keto diet with, <laughs> with the amount of times that I've seen on your Instagram, you know, you eating steaks. No, no, no keto diet for sure. I, I think, um, I, I really don't discriminate on, on too many kinds of food. I mean, I, I don't, uh, really cut anything out of my diet. I just eat, um, yeah, what, what makes me happy and what I need uh, to fuel for the day. Um, I'd say it's a pretty, pretty balanced, balanced diet, uh, Mediterranean, but, um, yeah, I think, I think my girlfriend and I, we have like a, a hobby of, of finding the, the, <laughs> the best hole in the wall restaurants with, uh, with yeah, usually steaks. So that's, that's probably why you see a lot of that on my, uh, Instagram and everything. But, um, no, I, I don't prescribe to anything, anything crazy diet wise, just, taste usually <laughs> and that's that's the trick to longevity in my my opinion is you know obviously you're blessed because you're like what five eleven six foot tall and you weigh like 61 kilos yeah, so yeah. you know you probably make a lot of guys jealous but i always i always did very much the same and and yens i mean i've never seen anybody eat any, more than yens can actually put away <laughs> but now you know you you talk to these guys in the pro peloton and they're always dieting and they're cutting weight and they're doing this and i'm just like man i i couldn't do that even my wife is just like you weren't really that strict with your diet and you know yes we used to race a lot more so you you know the weight would come off naturally yeah. and Nowadays, it seems like, you know, there's a lot more training camps prior to big objectives. But man, I tell you, keep with that. If you can get away with it and still be as skinny as you are, I mean, more power to you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's a mental thing, too. During the races and, and training camps, it's it's pretty specific and um, uh, not not controlled. But, you know, we it's it's very. uh yeah, specific to everything nutrition. And, and that's great when you're in the race mentality and the, the training camp mentality. But then when you're at home, it's, it's nice to just enjoy your, enjoy your life and not be, uh, yeah. <laughs> second guessing yourself or anything. Like you have a, a beer or ice cream or something, you know, you have to enjoy your life. We're, we're only, only human. <laughs> So now we talked about the easy days um, going into the Vuelta later on. Are you going to do any races prior to the Vuelta, to the Tour of Spain, to test your form a little bit? Or is it just training until? Uh, yeah, just just training. I think that was also one of the reasons I, I didn't do the Olympics, just to fully rest and reset and um, and. And just have a, a steady uh, uh, period of training be before the Volta, which I think, yeah, for me, it, it's fine. I, I can be okay after only training, especially with, with the tour uh, being not so long ago. Um, but also, if it's, if it's earlier in the season, I notice I really need, need the racing to kind of get that rhythm. Um, so I, I guess it can go both ways. I think the first days can be a bit of a shock without so much racing, but I think the tour was, was hard enough. And, uh, I, I think, uh, I have that, that feeling in my legs still. 
And, uh, you know, you mentioned at night, it was one of my questions about the Olympics. You know, you, you gave up your spot or took yourself out of the selection. I don't know how that whole thing worked, but you didn't do the Olympics. Yeah. And the, the road race, I couldn't help but think, holy cow, if Sepp was in this <laughs> Olympics right now, he would be lighting this up. It was like such a great course for you. And seeing that, that uh, Primos went and got gold in the time trial and Tom went, and that was... For me, that was that was an amazing yeah, was comeback. Badass. I mean, the guy, the, the guy takes a break for five months, and then you know, a couple months ago, he's like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to do this again, and then gets a silver yeah. in the uh, in the Olympic time trial. But seeing two of your teammates get medals, did, was there any twinge of regret there? That man, you know, I know, I know, you're only 26, and you have many other objectives and many other Olympics down the line. But was there any twinge of regret when you saw how that road race panned out? Um, not so much. I think it was more maybe a little bit regret beforehand, thinking, ah, you know, it, it is a really good good course for me on paper. But then then I watched the race, and I thought, okay, you know, on, on the climb, I thought, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a selection, and, and it's a smaller group, mostly climbers. But then with how the dynamic was in the race and it was a bigger group and just everybody launching and just total, uh, not chaos, but, but a really attacking race in the end, then I thought, okay, that's, uh, well, really a, a crap shoot. If, if you want to go for a medal, you know, then, then it's, it's, it becomes really a tactical game as you saw with, with, you know, a lot of guys looking at, at wowed and, and, you know, you really have to time the, your move there. So then I thought, well, it's, it's a lot to, um, invest on a race that, that maybe ended in a, in a real tactical battle. And also talking to some guys after they said how hot it was and, and brutal the conditions were. So that's also another factor. You, you don't know how you, your body is going to cope in those, in those conditions, um, and yeah, there, there are so many really good riders that, that finished, uh, you know, 30 minutes back or didn't even finish the race. And it, it's, it's always, uh, you just never know. Well, I guess the next Olympics are in three years time, right? You're going to be 29 by then best cycling age. I guess you're trying to go to that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the course is like, but maybe if it's a flat one, maybe by that time I turn into a sprinter or something. So <laughs> We'll see. So, Sepp, take me take me back a little bit. Um, you know, it's been well documented that you know you came into the sport through mountain biking. Um, you also did, I believe, it was ski mountaineering. But one of the things that um, I learned about you was that you know when I was doing a little research was that you were actually two time national collegiate champion when you were attending CU of Boulder. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. What, what did you study at? in in college at CU I studied advertising and, and marketing and did you get a degree did you finish I did yeah yep finished in uh yeah a little bit less than four years actually kind of uh <laughs> did the full yeah never uh took any any time off uh just just did it and I, I mean at the time I was I was only mountain bike racing. So it wasn't like I was gone for weeks at a time doing stage races or anything. I was, if I was missing school or classes, it was 
mostly, you know, maybe a week here and there or, or the odd weekend, but, uh, not, not an intensive schedule like, like it is on the road. So I have to say that helped a lot, um, you know, facilitating the, uh, yeah, me getting an education. And also I, I wasn't really set on cycling at that point. It was my, it was my passion and my hobby, but I wasn't gonna drop, uh, school at that point to, to pursue cycling just cause I didn't know how, how far I could go with it or how real of a, of a goal it, it was for me at that time. So you focused on finishing your education And after that, then you had some free time and then you figured, let's try road cycling or when and how did you switch to road cycling after that? I think it was my, my last year at university. Um, and that was kind of also the point where I started to become more interested in, in road cycling. And um, yeah, almost immediately that year I had success on the road and then uh, shortly signed for a continental team. Uh, so we could do like tour California, tour of Utah, all those races. And, and then I thought, okay, well I, now I'm at least set for a year after I graduate, I, I have something to actually say, yeah, I'm, I'm pursuing cycling because I actually can, uh, get some money from it. Uh, so that was a, a turning point, I guess. Um, but I guess if I didn't have that team when i graduated it's it's hard to say if i would have immediately tried to find a job or maybe tried to pursue cycling for another year see how it worked out um it's hard to say but talking about a turning point i mean you went from racing with with rally to signing with a dutch team and you know that that's a big That's a big decision and a big step. How did that whole thing transpire? How did you not wind up on, you know, an American-based team or, you know, I mean, Jumbo Visma back then, I mean, it wasn't the powerhouse that it is now, and you were part of that transformation. But that's a big thing for an American to be on a Dutch team. Um, how did that whole thing come about? Because obviously it's a perfect fit for you. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't, uh, an easy choice. Um, I think from, uh, from the beginning when there were, when there were teams interested, uh, Jumbo at that time, Lotto Jumbo at the time was, um, was definitely the most interested team. And that's the team I had the, the best feeling with. And there were some interest from more American teams, but I just didn't have the, the same feeling that, um, that, that Jumbo gave me. So, I, I decided if I was going to uh, turn pro, it, it would definitely be with them. And kind of as I was just about to, you know, sign the contract, I thought, oh, shit, what am I doing? I'm, this, is, this is crazy because I'm going to totally uh, get killed in Europe. You know, I'd, I'd only done a few races in Europe um, before that. So I was just worried about going there and then just, um, yeah, hating cycling for how <laughs> hard it was and, and how, you know, the, the lack of experience I had at the time in, in road racing. So I didn't want to go there and then have to two years later, make a, a full step back. 
after not getting a contract renewed or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it wasn't so much being worried about moving to Europe or the culture. It was more just um, being unsure if I was ready to take that step in the, in the racing. But I guess you uh, develop quite well with the team, right? What is it with the team? Is it the chemistry in between the riders, the team spirit? Or what makes the team so special? I mean, you seem to be super happy there. You spent many years there. What helped you to develop into the rider you are now with the team? Yeah, I think um, if, if I think back to my, my first season and, um, you know, already from the, from the beginning, before I had even gone to a training camp with them, the amount of uh, attention they gave me and, and, you know, they, they made me feel like uh, no matter what happened, I, they were going to help me uh, just become better and, and, you know, help me with housing, things like that, and just make the transition easier. Um, and then I remember the first races, I was so bad, just <laughs> always dropped with the first guys suffering every day. But, you know, no, even if I felt like I did a bad job, they would always say, Oh, you did great. You, you know, we can tell you, you gave your best and you're improving and, and, you know, they, they always gave me the confidence. And even if I was the worst guy in the race, the, the very next week, they would still give me the same attention and resources, uh, you know, training as, as the, the top guys on the team. So, you know, even if you had a, you know, 10 terrible races, they, they would never, uh, at least the feeling I had is that they would never just give up on you and say, okay, you're, you're gonna, just ride the front for all your races and, and whatever happens happens. And we'll, we'll let you know what race you're going to the two days before it was always, uh, yeah, really fair. And, um, uh, yeah, made me feel really calm. So I, I think that's for me, the biggest factor, at least when I was a young rider starting on the team. If you want to get more out of your free time, sign up to outside plus, For less than a dollar a week, you can get a hard copy of Valley News magazine, choose two books a year from VeloPress, access all the premium content from the whole outside family, including Yoga Journal, Peloton Magazine, and Backpacker. And that's not all. There are discounts of the hottest gear and biggest events, as well as virtual health and fitness courses. It's $350 of value every year in one $99 subscription. But if you head to valuenews.com slash outside plus and enter Bobby Jens 25, all one word, lowercase, at checkout, you'll receive our special 25% discount and you make a good deal great. Now back to our chat with Sam. You know, so you've developed into one of the best climbers in the world in, in a very short period of time. One of those really marquee domestique deluxe in, in, in the mountains for, for mountain support, for Primos, for, for, um, uh, Jonas, you know, like you're there, but is that a role that you enjoy doing or are you looking for a little bit more in the future? Would you like to have the team ride for you one day in a grand tour? 
I, I really enjoyed the role. I think, um, you know, in, in the, in the biggest races where the level is, is so, so high, especially for the, for the GC. Um, and, and I, myself, I know I'm not really at, at that, um, level yet to go to the tour, for example, and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be there every day and I'm going to finish on the podium. Uh, so that, that's not where I'm at at this point. So to be able to help the guys that are actually in that position is, is really motivating for me because it's, it's way more, uh, tangible and motivating than just being a helper for someone that's, you know, hanging on for a top 10 or a top five, whatever. Uh, so that's, that's the nice thing about being on a, on a good team. You have, have those riders like, like Primo's and, and Jonas and, uh, wow. You know, guys that, that really, uh, yeah, win a lot of big races. So that's, that's fun to work for them. Um, but I, I think for me at, at this point, it's, it's the week long races, uh, you know, maybe the grand tours like the Vuelta that are a little bit more relaxed, um, something where I can, I can try, but I'm not really the kind of guy that wants, uh, a full team around me, uh, shepherding me around. I think I would operate better if, if they said, okay, Sep, uh, we're going to send you to the Vuelta. Um, here's, here's one climber buddy for you. And then the rest of the guys will just do a sprint train and, uh, you know, just stay relaxed, do your best and enjoy it. I think for me, that would be the best approach. But, but, um, <laughs> with just one climbing buddy, you can surely finish between three, four, five, six. I mean, you have been there winning means you need the entire team there ready to turn themselves inside out for you. But I guess in your position, you're quite young still. You would be happy to have the welter, have some freedom and finish a top 10, top five on a podium. Uh, sorry, top five in the GC as a step in the middle to develop further, right? Or how do you see that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's at least for the, the Grand Tours, I, I still need to make the step where I can... Um, Yeah, be, be consistent every day and actually uh, know that I'm capable of, of uh, being in the, in the top 10, top five before I, I would feel comfortable with the pressure and also wanting a, a team around me that, that is going for the, the win or the podium. Because, um, yeah, of course, like you said, it's, it's a big difference. Uh, fighting for the, the minor places in the GC rather than, than going for the win. Um, also, if, if the other teams actually know that you're a real opponent, then, then it's not so easy if you don't have, uh, you know, the full team, because as you see now, like uh, Ineos, for example, they, every race, they have so many strong guys. And if, if they, uh, you know, if, if one rider has a weakness, they, they can really play a, a tactical tactical game with uh their opponents i mean the, the the sport of cycling is is so crazy right like there there you were going into the tour de france with primos as your leader um he looked great then he crashes out 
a bunch of other stuff happens. I mean, that that first week was just a nightmare for you guys, but you picked yourselves up from your bootstraps and Wout won three stages, you won a stage, Jonas was flying. Um, how how did that, How what was the mentality there? Because it looked like you guys were were pretty much done. And then you wound up winning, you know, multiple stages, had a, a fantastic tour de France. And how many guys did you finish with? Four? Five? Uh, let's see. Me? Wow. Four. Yeah, four. Four. Yeah. <laughs> four. <laughs> and one guy finishes on the podium and you win a stage. Wout wins three stages. You know, what was that mentality like? And how did you guys be, have to pivot and switch and... Was it was it on the fly? Was it tactics? Was it blind luck? What was it that really kept you guys in the race and and ultimately having a fantastic tour? I think the main thing was just, um, yeah, we we actually had a meeting before the tour, um, kind of in the in the training camps leading up, and we talked about a bit about the the tour. Um, of of uh 2020 and what we learned from that and what we wanted to do differently this year and the main thing was just we we just want to do our best we don't want to say okay we we want to win the tour we want to win this amount of stages we want to do our best performance and get the best out of each each individual um and and whatever happens that's out of our control that's that's what happens and and that's that shit but if if we each give our best then then that's what we can be proud of um so i think that's why it, it i was really really sad and really ashamed to have all the the bad luck and the crashes in the beginning lose our our big leader but i think we all knew that we there was nothing we could do about that you you can't control the 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 bad luck and being in the wrong place at the wrong time so we we just tried to get the most out of every day and and just pivot um tactically uh emotionally and and i also think it opened up a different way of of racing because it's it's different fighting for the the yellow jersey um rather than having a, a young guy that's that's on the podium and and you know we don't need to put so much pressure on him uh we can race in a bit different way so it was a a a liberating way of of riding i guess hey i got i got actually two questions one is very short you guys lost four riders with crashes finished with four did any of you guys did not crash in the tour or anybody of your team touched the ground at least once um i think i i was i didn't crash really i had one like kind of crash but other than that i i had good luck but i'm I'm usually uh the guy that's kind of uh <laughs> dislodged from everybody i'm always out of the <laughs> fantastic out of the uh the commotion so i don't know maybe i made my own luck sometimes yeah okay now my other question the stage you won A, was that the plan in the morning? B, when did you realize this is the good group that goes to the finish? And C, when did you know I'm gonna win? 
in the last 500 meters or earlier. So was it the plan? When did you know it's a good group? And when did you know, yes, I got it? Um, the, the plan originally was just to have uh, one of us in the break, actually. <laughs> um, so it was, we were going to try with, with me. Um, yeah, to, to have me in the break and then to have um, Wout and, and Steven with, with Jonas, along with Mike. Um, but it was, it was such a, a crazy, crazy start, crazy small road, uh, twisty downhill. And, um, I think after 10 K maybe my, my radio stopped working. So I had no idea really what was going on behind. And there was a, there was a small group away and, and then there was a bunch of Ineos riders jumping so i thought oh i i can't let too many Enios guys get into the break so i was only covering them and then we finally got to the bottom of the descent and it was a huge group of like uh 30 guys and i thought oh i didn't know we were in the breakaway i thought i was just at the front of the peloton <laughs> making sure these guys didn't didn't jump across so um i guess it was just a bit of luck and a bit of just being in the right position um to have, have three of us there. Um, and I think pretty, pretty soon after that, we, we already had like nine minutes because FDJ had, uh, a bunch of guys in the break and they were, um, yeah, just, just riding flat out, um, for the first, first half of the race to make the gap. So, um, I think pretty quickly we knew that, that we were going to stay away. Um, and it, it was hard to say exactly when I knew I could win that stage because it was, it was a really strange day. It was, it was a lot of climbing, but just really long, um, uh, highway climbs. So it was hard to say exactly how, how you were feeling. Um, but, um, yeah, once we went over the Envelira, which is a, tough um high pass there i felt pretty good and i could follow a lot of the attacks um and then on the the last climb the betulis from the bottom it was it's really really steep so there's no no hiding uh and already there i could follow the the best guys pretty easily and i thought well i i if if i have the legs I, I'm just going to go now because I know everybody else is, is suffering. Nobody's playing any games. And I just went on the, on the hardest part, tried to build uh, as much of a gap as I could and then just uh, hang on from there. I don't believe it for a second that you were, <laughs> that you were in doubt. I tell you, when I, I missed the start and I came back and turned on the TV and I saw that you were in that group and that you live in Andorra, and it finishes in Andorra, I'd, I'd say I was like three hours out before the finish. I'm like, oh, yeah, Sep's going to win this. And so that, that, was, that was super exciting to see, but also super cool to hear um, how, how your mental process went through it. But listen, um, I think I heard the little timer in the background for your dinner, so um, we, we want to wrap this up a little bit. But one, oh, no worries. one no thing worries. that really has popped out at me is you're 26 years old 
and you're talking in such, I mean, this sport in this day and age is so stressful, but you seem to kind of have it figured out already. I mean, you're, you're not stressing about your diet. You're not stressing about being a leader. You know, it seems like you figured it out. And for, for, from the first time I saw you, you reminded me of Andy Hampston, but what, what I'm thinking is here, you know, now that you're a legitimate member of the pro peloton you know you do multiple grand tours a year you want to stage in the vuelta you want to stage in the tour um you obviously you have a long-term contract with your current team um what advice would you have and i know this is a hard question because you're only 26 but you sound so much older and so much more mature but what advice would you have for young up-and-coming riders that want to get to the level of the sport of cycling that you're currently at oh i think the biggest Advice I could give, I mean, aside from just in, enjoying it, uh, yeah, you, you have to enjoy it because I think for me, that's, that's the, the biggest, um, I think the biggest factor in, in being, being where I'm at is just doing, uh, you know, doing the consistent training every day and, and, and getting the most out of yourself, not only physically, but also mentally because if if you go every day and you're just doing your your training ride to make your your coach happy and 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 tick the boxes yeah you're you're doing it but also you're missing something in your in your mind and um i guess in in your spirit too you know you you need to to do something because you really believe it and and love it so for me 90 percent of the days i go out i'm I'm, I'm just so stoked to, to be riding and, and be outside, be, be pushing myself, whether it, whether it's a good day or a bad day, or it's raining or it's beautiful weather. Um, yeah, I, I just try and feel really lucky for, for what I'm doing. And, and that's, that's kind of my, my purpose, I guess. So I think for the, the young guys that want to get to, um, yeah, the highest levels, you, you just need to find what you really like in cycling, whether that's the, the races and the competition, racing your friends, or whether that's the, the cool training rides you get to do in, in new places. Um, and then when I, I think when you find that, then, then you can use that to get the most out of yourself. And then the rest comes easily because, I mean it's, it's in the end, it's simple. You're just riding a bike and, uh, (laughs) it's really, really hard, but it's, it's so much easier and it's, it's an enjoyable thing to do when you, uh, just find that piece of passion in, in cycling. Except incredible wise words for somebody who's only like five months older than my oldest son, you know? Um, so Thanks for joining us. <laughs> and um, I keep my fingers crossed for you because I guess you, well, first of all, of course, the welter. But after that, I'm sure you want to spend the winter months back home in, uh, in the U.S., right? Fingers crossed you can bring your girlfriend with you with the travel yeah, yeah. problems and COVID-19 and all that stuff. So hopefully we're all good and you can take her home to show her a proper American Christmas. Yes, that's we, we've been planning that actually the past uh, past week. So it, for me, it's been almost two years now since I've been able to go home also due to COVID and everything. So 
that'll be a nice uh, nice reward after the end of uh, a long year fingers crossed for that thank you and it, and it was really good talking to you Jens and Bobby thank you well that's all we have time for this week and a huge thanks to Sepp for being our guest thanks for listening please give us a five star review and share us with your friends The show was a Velo News production in association with Shock Giraffe. The producer was Mark Payne, and this episode was edited by Tim Moza. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens and share your cycling stories with us. I gotta say, one of my favorite parts of training on Zwift is the community. Whether it's riding with new people you meet on the platform or riding with old teammates, the people that Zwift connects you with push you harder than you could ever push yourself, let alone when it's just you on the trainer, in your garage, or your pain cave somewhere. My next favorite part is the training. Training is a huge part of Zwift. There are literally hundreds of customizable training plans you can choose from. And every workout is an immersive experience that can take you from Zwift's world-class climbs to the streets of London, New York, and even to a new Japanese-inspired world. Those are just a few of the nine unique worlds you can explore. Many times, I find myself just riding around, checking out the sites and seeing new little Easter eggs they've hidden in the game. When I'm riding on one of the UCI championship courses or in the jungle on the gravel roads or inside a volcano, I'm just taking it all in. Time seems to fly by, but I still manage to get a great workout in every time. If you want to compete in races that put your training to the test and see if you're headed in the right direction, you can. There's a new event starting every five minutes, including massive group rides, races for every category, and time trials. Right now, you can join the Fun is Fast event series with training rides, races, and thousands of other riders from around the world to chase. It's really never been easier to find your fun training indoors. I love it. All you need to get started is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Zwift, where fun is fast.